0: Under the Tartan Sky, episode 56, produced 25 August, 2018. It's no stretch of reality to say that Scotland is a photographer's paradise, From the wide, sweeping scenic vistas, to the rare glimpses of the elusive haggis, Scotland, to turn a phrase, is always ready for its close-up, Mr. DeMille. Whether your interest is landscape, architecture, history, street scenes, or flora and fauna, Scotland has it all, just waiting to be captured by the lens. For my money, one of Scotland's most photographic regions is the Highlands, with its wild, rugged, often almost barren beauty. I'm Glenn Moyer, and award-winning British photographer Alex Nail is soon to release a new photographic study of the highlands called simply the Northwest. In a moment, we'll get a sneak preview of this new work by the artist himself as Alex Nail joins us here under the Tartan Sky. 2018 in Scotland is going to be bra. The stage is set and the curtain has gone up on Scotland's Year of Young People. It's 12 months of events intended to inspire all of Scotland while allowing its young people to shine and showcase their diverse talents and contributions to their communities, their country and the world. Whether you're young or just young at heart, why not visit and see all that Scotland and its young people have to offer in 2018, the Year of Young People. In the world of photography, there are snappers, those who shoot primarily holiday snapshots. There are photographers, those whose work is eye-catching and commercially viable. And there are artists, those whose images simply take your breath away. Alex Nail is an artist. Based in Bristol, England, Nail is a full-time landscape photographer, an award-winning photographer. Most recently, in 2017, He won the Mountain category in the International Landscape Photographer of the Year Awards. He was also named the Overall Rudder-Up in the Scottish Landscape Photographer of the Year Awards. Nail has traveled the world and hiked to some of its highest and most remote points, all in search of an image. Beyond his still imagery, he is also part of a team that creates amazing time-lapse photography, a series of still images set in motion that rivals the most exquisite film cinematography. Nail also writes for a variety of outdoor and photography magazines, both in print and online. He visits and speaks to camera clubs and trade shows, and conducts his own adventurous photo workshops, both within and out with the UK. Now, after years of work that includes high mountain hikes and wild camping in every season of the year and all types of weather, Nail is soon to release a new book, titled simply Northwest. It is, quoting now, a photographic book of the Highlands of Scotland, showcasing wild mountain vistas and dramatic light displays. End quote. The book, which includes many images never before seen, is expected to ship beginning in November. To learn more about this exciting new project, I had the chance to chat with Alex and asked him just what drew him to the field of photography.
1: I actually went on a rugby tour when I was younger to Australia and New Zealand and ended up in a uh, photographer's gallery down there, a guy called Peter Jarver, and he photographed these amazing tropical scenes in in the Cairns area. Um, and I knew that my parents uh, down in Devon had a similar stream running past their house. And so it started from there, really, first with a little compact camera. And then I saved up for an SLR, did some uh, shifts at a pub and uh and and then went went from there really um gradually to more and more extreme things and going into mountains and wilderness areas and so on
0: you obviously have a love for the out of doors was that a factor in, in in what you're doing now and how much so
1: yeah um actually i was i was one of those annoying children who dragged their <laughs> feet when their parents wanted to go for a walk so uh, i never enjoyed that when i was young i was very much into sports but not so much the outdoors so uh unusually i guess for a landscape photographer i i came to it the other way the photography first and, and the uh, enjoying the outdoors second but now the two are pretty much inseparable for me. Um, a big part of why I enjoy photography so much is that the photos link very closely to the experiences that I have, which obviously unique to me. But um, nevertheless, I think that that helps um, with with the quality of the work I can produce as well, because, uh, you know, I can I can capture a bit more of the atmosphere of being there of, of the actual experience. and I, That's something I like to incorporate in my work
0: was it a difficult decision to set yourself up in business as a photographer? I mean, from what sounds like it started out as as kind of a hobby as a youngster, um, or did you, once you picked up that first camera, did you always know that this was what you were going to do?
1: I wouldn't say I knew it was going to be a career. Um, fairly early on, um, I started selling my work. Um, and then a few years later I started running, running workshops when there was a, a bit of a demand for that. So, so teaching other photographers, how to take images Um, but uh, and by that point I'd started to think right well this this might be viable and so alongside uh, an engineering job I'm actually trained as an aeronautical engineer I worked uh, for Airbus for a few years uh, alongside doing that job in my spare time, I was trying to grow my business and and my profile um, as well as of course taking uh, taking some nice photos along the way. So all of my holiday time was devoted to photography and and regularly backpacking. Um, and that you know that that idea just grew and grew and grew. Uh, and then I did some time lapse photography uh, with with a friend that was well received. Uh, and that led to some work, uh, some contracts with uh, the British Tourist Authority, which actually made it very easy for me to to leave work in the end because I had a bit of financial security uh, through those contracts.
0: And I've seen some of your uh, time-lapse photography and it is absolutely stunning. I mean, time-lapse is a series of still images that are then set together and in motion, but it just looks like amazing cinematography when I watch your work.
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously I've, I've done it quite a lot now, so um, that sort of initial wow factor has worn off to an extent, but <laughs> I can still remember having the, uh, the first time-lapse sequence complete and particularly with a slider so you can move the camera as well uh, as it's taking photos yeah. if you have a slider set up. And when I saw that first video done, I, I was just blown away by how 3D and real it felt. Um, So, yeah, that's that's quite an exciting uh, medium to work with, but it's very demanding in terms of time, both in capture and in editing
0: there's a lot more to being a a professional photographer and setting yourself up in that business than just taking and selling photographs you you mentioned a few moments ago that you at one time you were doing workshops but you're you're still doing some of those other activities i I see on your website leading leading workshops doing uh, talks to trade fairs and camera groups writing a blog Um, you you seem to be fairly multidimensional in the photography world
1: yeah, I, I think photography is one of those industries that everybody wants to get into uh, and because it's technology based, you have to kind of keep moving, um, keep uh, moving with the times, keep changing your social media channels, um, keep promoting in different ways um, and, you know, finding different financial avenues because it is so competitive. I mean, that time-lapse work that I mentioned earlier, for example, um, you know, time-lapse has been around for a few years now and that excitement for people commissioning time-lapse work has, has waned somewhat. So that work dies off. So what's the next big thing? Well, maybe last year or two years ago, mm-hmm. it was drones. Um, and so, yeah, you, you have to you have to have your... Uh, finger in a few pies to uh, to make it work to make ends meet because it's certainly not straightforward Um, but that that variety does make it interesting as a job I mean I certainly have have yet to get bored of you know uh, while well, either doing the hiking and taking photos or figuring out how to run my business because there seems to be a new challenge every day and and that that's something that I was missing I think with my my previous career
0: i'm amazed at the at the views you can get from a drone. it reminds me, and I was going to say a moment ago something we have in common you have being an aeronautical engineer i 'm at the other um, the other end of the aeronautical spectrum i 'm a, uh, a commercially licensed hot air balloon pilot, so we have a little something in common there, even if we 're at the opposite ends of the uh, hmm. at the spectrum. But the thing I love about about drone photography is to me it 's very much like the view that I see when flying my balloon over the countryside and so it 's great uh, for example, with regard to Scotland to see some of the drone video of Scotland because I can easily imagine myself in my balloon floating over you know the video that i
1: 'm seeing. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the one issue I have with with drones is that they do compete a little bit with the the peace and tranquility that so yeah. many people go searching for in wild areas. And of course, the majority of drone photography is is uh, of of landscapes of beautiful locations. So there's a bit of an issue there. And and I do um, sometimes feel that as a tool, they've they've yet to be used to their potential. Um, there's lots of people who. You know think something's going to look good from the air so they throw a drone up in the air and take some photos and everybody says oh wow isn't that fantastic but i think from an artistic point of view um there's still some ground to be covered there because uh there, there's still that novelty it's the same with time lapse really i mean time lapse when it first started you could shoot a time lapse of anything and it was amazing and now you have to really try to be artistic or tell a story. Um, And I'm kind of hoping that that drone work will head in that direction because there's certainly no shortage of uh, of footage and photos on the Internet.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's talk about your new book, The Northwest. Um, You've traveled the world in
1: pursuit of some amazing images. Uh, Why the Highlands of Scotland? Yeah, I mean it's funny. I, um, I I take these groups to some pretty uh, amazing places, and I, I've hiked in Greenland myself. Some of the biggest rock well uh, rock walls in the world, um, in the Drakensberg, a three thousand meter mountain escarpment in South Africa. You know, I've seen thunderstorms, incredible sunsets, uh, unbelievable weather conditions and landforms, and I've taken a lot of groups to see those things. But um, I, I think they always think I'm being disingenuous when I say that. You know, the, the northwest of Scotland is probably my favorite place in, in the world, or at least the, my favorite place that I've been to. Um, and of course, part of that is that I, I see it as home, although I'm I'm English myself. I live in Bath, so the Highlands are a long way, um, a way away for me. But um, I, I do see it as home. It has the same coziness that I associate with Britain and, and that friendliness and um, warmth that I get from my home country. Uh, so so there's that side, and there's also the fact that the Scottish landscape has uh well firstly it's it's world class um and secondly it has a a unique charm that you can't find elsewhere in the world. And and I think charm is often used as a colloquialism for sort of miserable, horrible place. I I don't know, but uh, that's not what it means to me. Um, I I find the Highlands incredibly beautiful um, and their history is as a managed landscape, Um, whilst it has depleted the areas of of their biodiversity, which I hope will be returning with the planting of trees and so on. um, It has left a very open landscape that you can, see incredible mountain views from almost anywhere you walk down in the valleys because you don't have this problem with a, a tree line that goes halfway up the mountains as, as you would in the Alps and, and many uh, more dramatic areas, uh, mountain areas in the world. So the the highlands really has has a lot going for it and particularly the northwest uh thanks to the the ancient geology and uh, amazing variety of mountains up in that area
0: well i, I was laughing when you mentioned uh, the term charm because i was thinking of you know real estate ads when uh, the interpretation of cozy means tiny you know all these words that you can these keywords you could use we would call them nowadays uh have yes. secret hidden meanings so uh, your take on charm was uh, uh, was certainly uh, certainly interesting there yeah um the highlands the term the Highlands, though, encompasses uh, quite an area. I mean, there's, depending on your definition, there's the, there is the Highland Council area, which of course is a well defined area. Um, then there's just what people consider the Scottish Highlands. For your project for the book, you defined essentially your own region of the Highlands. You call the book Northwest, obviously. What area does the book cover, and what led you to, to establish those boundaries for yourself and for the book?
1: Yeah, I mean, there's there's a number of definitions of highlands, as you as you say, and of the Northwest Highlands in particular. So um, some people define the Northwest Highlands as essentially all of the mountains that are north of Fort William kind of area or north of the Great oh. Glen, um, which which is a, a vast area. Um, and I, I guess I've I've been easy on myself in, in terms of uh, in terms of those definitions, and I'm sure I'll uh, explain them a bit in, in the book. Um, but I guess to me that the Northwest Highlands is this area that does have this very unusual geography. Um, I think some of the mountains are a bit further south than this northwestern region that I've uh, captured in my book. They tend to have a more alpine, jagged nature, perhaps. Um, whereas the areas which are dominated by Torridonian sandstone, which I guess might be almost the best definition of, of the area that I've photographed, um, have have their own unique uh, topology, if you like. Um, so it's actually the area from um, Strathcarran in the south uh, all the way up to um, Quinag in the north, the, ma- the mountain Quinag um, or Carlescu. Uh, I had originally planned to include uh, the far, far north mountains as well, Um, Ben Loyal, Ben Hope, Fun Ivan, Arkell and and all those mountains up there, but actually I I just ran out of time. um, Unfortunately Uh, you know, I, I had to focus on areas that I felt like I could complete uh, once I got to a certain point. And I did a couple of trips up to the far north that didn't go well, um, mostly because the views are, are that much harder to get to. It's a bit more remote. Um, and it's also a much more challenging area to, uh, photograph simply because you, you haven't got as much to work with, um, in terms of focal points. So whether that's a, a crag on a mountain or, you know, some interesting trees or some nice locks below the mountains, um, it was a lot harder to find these locations that would work for me photographically. Uh, and so ultimately I ended up dropping the, the far North, but, um, I've instead broken the book down into uh, four different chapters. Um, So there's the Cowlin Forest, Apple Cross Peninsula area. Again, there's no specific definition for this slice of land, um, but but I've sort of made an an arbitrary one. And then the uh, Torridon Hills, so the area between Torridon Village and uh, Loch Marie. And then the Great Wilderness, which uh, is the the Latiu and Fisherfield Estates. Um, so that's between uh, Loch Marie and Ullapool, uh, and then finally Asint and, and Koyak in the north, so the area north of Ullapool, but south of Karleski. So it's uh, it's it's pretty um, extensive still in terms of, of the area. Uh, that's included in the book, but also sufficiently focused that I could create a meaningful picture of those areas without being too ambitious with the project. Um, cause as it is, it's taken me uh, a little over three years to, to produce, um, well, the bulk of images and, and, and some of them are from before then as well. And
0: that was going to be my next question. I know that uh, this book has been literally years in the making and I was reading on your blog where you had originally hoped to publish last year in 2017. When did the idea for the book first kind of come about and and when did you
1: set off on this project um, it was it was actually on my third trip to the great wilderness area um and i and I started to think well I really love this region of Scotland and I want to keep coming back and I'd also uh, recently completed uh, a time lapse project um so I was looking for a way to um, motivate myself to create a meaningful body of work. I, I think one thing that that artists always have to do is, is have a, a project on the horizon, something to, you know, something bigger than the sum of its parts. Mm-hmm. Um, and particularly with digital photography, there's this temptation to um, just post these single images all the time that are going to do well on social media and just keep your business ticking over that way. But I think it, you know, I've, I've always wanted to be able to look back at, um, you know projects that I've I've worked on um, and uh, and challenge myself in that way, and the northwest seemed a, a great area to to do that in, and a project like that was a great opportunity then for me to explore the area more extensively. Um, so yeah, that was that was three years ago that I decided to uh, to actually turn it uh, into a, into a project and into a book, and uh, and start holding back images um, so that people following me on social media wouldn't see just a rehashing of the images that i'd already posted
0: yeah i noted that uh the book will have a number of images that have never been published before and i was reading on your blog and i I found it kind of humorous that in some of these backpacking trips to get to these uh, areas where you did your photography you were obviously hiking with friends who were also photographers and and you were having to Cajole them to say, you know, guys, you can't post your work from here. You can't post yeah, the yeah, best stuff, right. yeah. you know, because then you'll spoil my book. <laughs> that must have been, that must have been some interesting conversations.
1: Yeah. I mean, every, everybody was broadly on board with the idea. Um, I mean, I, I, I was never too demanding of people, I don't think. But certainly if we if we captured the odd special image that I felt could be a centrepiece for the book, um, then, then I did make that request. I, I also mentioned this prior to actually going ahead with the trip uh, just to make sure everybody was on board. <laughs> but yeah, that is the uh, well, I guess the fortunate and unfortunate side of, of uh, social media. I mean, a lot of these people I've met through social media um, and have similar interests. So finding a landscape photographer who wants to go camping on mountains in the middle of the winter isn't so easy. And, and social media does allow you to do that. Um, but also you have these massive overlaps in terms of, you know, my audience can be half of another photographer's sure. audience. Um, and so I just wanted to keep that work fresh and. Um, and yeah, I, I had a number of guys hiking with me who were who were happy to do that, um, and I, I think that's going to add a lot to people's enjoyment when they open the book because it's certainly been my frustration that that I have been seeing this sort of relatively old work in in other photographers books that i've bought in the past
0: and it must be difficult to to have what i'm sure are some stunning images uh, knowing the quality of your work from your website and, and your social media it must be rather difficult to, to to know that you have those images and want to put them out there and yet have to sit on them in, in essence until the book comes out
1: yeah i mean i i think when when the project deadline was starting to get nearer last year, then I was kind of happy holding on to the images and, and I have been ever since, even though I ended up delaying a year due to a, a poor winter in Scotland, which, which meant I couldn't capture some of the, the images I wanted to. Um, so, so it was okay from that perspective. I think my real frustration is, is coming now, to be honest, when, you know, I'm trying to promote the book, um, but, I'm I'm still saving all of those best images, some, yeah. some of them which I, I think would give me a wider exposure. Um, but I'm sort of sticking to my guns and hoping that keeping these images back will will be more beneficial than it would be to to post them. Um, although I'm not quite sure how true that is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess it's hard to, to say, trust me, folks, you're going to love this. Uh, exactly, yeah. So for people who know me already um, – uh, you know, there's been photographers following me for best part of a decade now. Then, for those people, they can they can kind of trust that I'm giving them a, a really nice book at the end of it. But for those who are just coming across me now, um, I guess it's, uh, it's it's still a bit of an ask. Uh, although they can look at my my older work, um, I think photographers would look at my work, uh, some of my older Scotland work now, and think that my Photography in general has has moved on from there, and expect me to uh, achieve more with this this book, and I, and that's what I feel uh, it will do. Um, but I think people coming to my work now and looking at my old Scotland images might think, "Oh well, not too excited." I don't know. See when it comes out, um, which which is difficult because I I I actually need um, to pick up pre-orders um, to. Get the kind of printing numbers that this can work as a, as a project sure. and and people's support has actually been fantastic up to this point so it's all looking very positive um but there is that difficulty that until somebody's seen the re- the book and reviewed it it's just purely my word that people have to go on. <laughs> well, I would beg to differ, though, because
0: I, uh, I'm i just coming across you now. Uh, I've pre-ordered the book, and that's where I really discovered you, was I saw a post about pre-ordering it and uh, took a look at the website and, and did so. Um, and my reaction, just coming to your work and looking at your older Scottish stuff, and, and maybe it's just the level of photographer that I am, but you know, there was a wow factor there, no question. And, and so I can only imagine... Um, a some of the work that will be, uh, in the book. So to me, uh, it, you know, your older work was a great hook, uh, if you will, you know, a fish hook, it, it caught me and, and now I'm on the line and all you got to do is reel me in and, you know, and you've done that. I've, I've okay, pre-ordered I'll, the book, so I'm waiting begin. for it. So <laughs> I, I think people just coming to you now, and hopefully some will come to you through this podcast, I think they'll be impressed with, uh, unless they're photographers at your level. I think those people who are like me are just simply enthralled with Scotland and and love the scenery, etc. Will find even your old work, if as you term it, to be uh, quite exciting and, and quite uh invigorating and uh and
1: will anxiously come to the book and, and i certainly hope that's the case for, for you as well okay well thank you That that's that's encouraging i mean I, I think what i'm happiest with most actually with with the work that i've produced in this book is not is not necessary that it that it's spectacular or beautiful although i'd like to think that i've achieved those things it's more that i've just uh been to places that lots of people wouldn't ordinarily go, more remote areas of the Northwest Highlands, um, less photographed views, um, and and I've really worked hard to try and create a picture that isn't just uh, from the main footpaths, if if that makes any sense. So I'm I'm hoping that people who know the area well will will appreciate it more than those who don't know the area at all. Uh, that's, That's really my goal.
0: And there's something to be said for that because, I mean, you can only see so many pictures of the Glenfinnan Viaduct, for example, uh, before yes. you say, ah, yeah, I've yeah. been there, done that. Even if you've never been there and done that, you've seen so many pictures of it, it's hard to see it in in an original light. That's and, right. And to your point as well, I, um, uh, I've got bad knees, and so I can't uh, – hill walking is not something I can do when I'm in Scotland. It's one of the joys that mm-hmm. I don't get to. Uh, take part in. And so for me, photography like yours shows me views of the country that I love so much that I'll never be able to see in person. I can't hike up those mountains and get to see those views. So for me, your photography and, and photography like yours by others um, is uh, is quite invigorating because of that very point. It allows me to see things that otherwise I would, I would
1: never be able to see about Scotland thank you yeah um i mean that's that's a a great benefit of photography in general isn't it to be able to to show people things in a different way or or give them an opportunity to see something that that they wouldn't otherwise um the one thing i'd say about hiking actually is is that i have learned through through taking people hiking um all over the place um and and especially in scotland that it's surprising what people can still still achieve i mean injuries not notwithstanding um you know i've i've guided uh 70 year old photographers up you know stack, stack polly which is a small mountain but um you know a big challenge and and one that this this particular gentleman didn't think he'd be able to achieve and um yeah hill walking is just a, a real joy of mine uh, and and i hope people uh, can can get out there and do that more and more to be honest
0: you were saying that it's a bit of an ask for people to uh, pre-order your book that don't know you, but you do have a couple of selling credentials, and, and I guess the delay in the project may have worked to your advantage because in 2017 you captured the uh, International Landscape Photographer of the Year Award and also were runner-up in the Scottish Landscape Photographer of the Year Award. So uh, those are some,
1: some pretty good credentials, I would think. Yeah, yeah, that was actually the the mountain category that I that yeah, I won in that yeah. uh, international competition. But still, it was, it was very exciting for me, um, a, a nice, uh, a nice accolade to to receive, of course. Um, and the same with the the Scottish uh, competition, which actually I prefer as a as a competition just because it's a portfolio award, so it's um, it doesn't rely on the you know a single killer right. image. Um, so so that was particularly uh, satisfying for me and, and, like you say, very well-timed. <laughs> yes, absolutely.
0: So is, is the Northwest, is this new book strictly what I guess we would call a coffee table book um, that is basically a, nothing but a photographic book, or is there editorial content as well that explains a bit about the locations and the images you've captured?
1: Yeah, th- there is some editorial content. So um, the... Areas are described um, briefly, you know, the, the, the nature of them, the geography of them, um, just to give a bit more context for people who aren't familiar with the region. Uh, and then amongst the images, I also have a, a few stories of some of the notable trips I've had out there. Um, which give a bit of a flavour for how the images were captured, um, you know, the the really good times I've had in the Highlands, as well as some of the really terrible disaster <laughs> stories, um, which I'm sure make for much more entertaining reading. Um, and then the photos themselves are just presented with with the approximate locations where they're photographed, because I, I do like photography books that do just present the images and, and allow the, the imagination to wander a little sure. bit as well. So in the strictest sense, I would describe it as a coffee table book. And uh, and I'm happy to describe it in that way, actually, because I, I like coffee table books. Um, but yeah, there, there is some editorial just to give a bit of context to the images.
0: I know that you had to hike to some uh, pretty wild locations and no doubt during some uh, pretty challenging weather, even camping, wild camping, in what must have been some pretty challenging circumstances. Can you share with us perhaps a story or two about an image that you captured that uh, was particularly challenging?
1: Uh, Yeah, so a good example actually would be... um climbing Leotach in uh, January this year so that's a mountain in Torridon. it's one of the the big three along with uh, Ben Allegan and Ben A and I actually scouted that a couple of years previously to see if there was a camp spot on the ridge so that I could be up there for sunrise uh, in the snow um so I I actually ended up waiting you know to for this uh this recent winter because the the one previously just didn't have the the snow conditions required and, and snow doesn't come as readily to the northwest as it does to other areas of scotland particularly the west highlands and, and cairngorms seem to see a lot more snow than the northwest so getting those winter images was particularly challenging but there was this enormous dump of snow forecast and and so i made a very quick plan with um a guy who i'd never met on on twitter called uh, sven sol who, who turned out to be a really nice guy which has fortunately been the case for all of my hiking companions <laughs> but we we turned up at the bottom of the mountain at, at 10 a.m um and there was uh, soft snow all over it, it was one of the uh, earliest snowfalls of of the season so not much of a snow base um and we just started hiking up um and made good good time initially but then uh in gaining the main ridge um the last 200 meters took us the best part of four hours um just slogging through incredibly deep snow, very uh, loose soft snow and and really struggling to get up the slope simply because we were sort of ploughing up up what is one of the steepest routes in Scotland to my knowledge, steepest footpaths, Um, just trying to plough through this incredibly deep snow. I mean we couldn't lift our knees above it to swing the leg around to take the next step if you can imagine that and so it was just an unbelievable slog to get up there. Um, and then of course by the time I got to the the top I was starting to panic that my camp spot that I'd found two years previous might not be so good after all but um fortunately we did descended down to this camp spot which was on the main ridge but 100 meters lower than, than that Monroe um and it was a perfectly flat camp spot thank god <laughs> and uh yeah set, set the tent up and and just had uh an absolutely fantastic night. It was minus six outside, but um, plus six inside the tent because there's no wind. So uh, your body heat tends to warm the, the air volume inside the tent, so we slept really well. And, and we woke up in the morning to just this beautiful, beautiful sunrise with fresh snow everywhere um, on what was one of you know Scotland's and certainly Northwest Scotland's most dramatic views. So that was hugely rewarding really to, to see a plan come together um, that that i'd been you know i i'd set that as one of the goals for the book a long long way out um so to to achieve that was hugely rewarding but the experience itself was also magical it's it was as good as scotland can can ever get um challenging but but very very rewarding very peaceful uh, and the descent was brilliant fun. We we glissaded uh, a large section of, of the descent, which is essentially sitting down on your bum and using your ice axe as a break on the snow. Um, so almost sledging down the mountain. Um, <laughs> And yeah, that, those kind of memorable experiences w- will keep me coming back um, year on year. I'm sure.
0: Do you have not necessarily in the book, but do you have a favorite location that you uh, that you do return to year on and year on to uh, photograph up in Scotland?
1: I, I think the the beauty of that that northwest area, and it would certainly be the northwest that would be. The, the general area I would I would continue to return to um, is that the different mountain areas do have a very different nature, uh, and I, I really appreciate that. And it's very hard to choose, you know, it's, it's apples and oranges. Sure. Although in many ways they they share a, a common basis in the in the uh, geology, um, but if you want grandeur and spectacular mountains, then Torridon is the place to go. Um, if you want similar to Torridon, but with more remoteness and, and less hikers than the Ben Damph Cowlin Forest, Applecross area, uh, just to the south is, is the place to go. Um, if you want total remoteness and a real physical challenge, pit yourself against the outdoors, then go to the Great Wilderness, Fisher Fo- Fisherfield Forest area. And if you want just beautiful small mountains separated by hundreds, uh, of locks stretching into the distance, then Ascent and Koyak is, is the place. And so it would just be impossible for me to choose between those four <laughs> areas because they're all special to me in different ways. Okay,
0: so we'll just leave it at your favorite location in Scotland. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah.
0: Well, I'm curious, you obviously have achieved a level of ability in photography that many of us probably never will. But what kind of advice would you give to uh, a budding
1: landscape photographer? Okay, well, well, rather than give sort of one tip, I think I'll give a, a, some general advice here. So um, the first thing is when when you're learning photography, learn the te- technical side quickly, as quickly as possible, um, and be good at it, because then you can have your creative ideas set set loose. You don't need to worry about what f-stop you're shooting at and what ISO and so on. Um, so I think that's fairly important. Do, do you get the technique down early on. Um secondly, I think a lot of people are creating imagery for social media now, which is fine if you've got a business to run. but actually if you don't, you're much better off creating images purely for yourself and certainly not chasing fads on instagram and uh, facebook or 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 whatever. So you see a lot of um styles emerging that people just copy and and for me, uh, they're very time limited um, and they will go out of fashion just like any. Any fad will. Um, so I'd avoid doing that sort of thing. Get get the fundamentals right and focus on creating beautiful, realistic imagery. Um, and and then finally, um, just get outside with your camera enjoy taking photographs but don't worry if you don't take any photographs (laughs) because (laughs) photography isn't that important it's a great way to uh, get people excited about the uh, outdoors in the the case of landscape photography uh, it's a great way to express your creative ideas but ultimately it's, uh, it's, it's not a necessity
0: Okay. What do you hope people will take away from the Northwest? What What would be most satisfying for you uh, when people start to review and read and see the book? I think
1: I, I would love to have a few people have the experience that, that I did when I read Joe Cornish's uh, book. Scotland's Mountains for the first time. So Joe Joe Cornish is a very well-known UK landscape photographer. He shoots large format film and he uh, produced uh, his book Scotland's Mountains some time ago. And um, when I received that book I immediately wanted to know where on earth this place was um, that, that produced all of this stunning imagery because Uh, there were a few images in that book that really did take my breath away uh, and and inspired me to visit the area and inspired me to hike and go camping on the mountains in Scotland. And, uh, you know, if I could have a dream for what my book could achieve, it would be that just one or two people could have that experience themselves. My
0: thanks to photographer Alex Nail for sharing with us a bit of his love for Scotland and a peek at his newest work, The Northwest. A link to his website where you can see more of his stunning still images and amazing time-lapse photography as well as info for pre-ordering your own copy of the book Northwest is found in our show notes at www.underthetartansky.scott. A quick program note, our planned episode about the Hebridean Whale Trail, set to debut in the summer of next year, had to be delayed for technical and scheduling difficulties, but we are working to reschedule and bring that interview to you soon. As always, if you enjoyed this podcast, the courtesy of a quick rating and review on Apple Podcast or wherever you listen in would be much appreciated as it helps others to learn about our show. Until next time, I'm Glenn Warrior, Topolave, I guess Alpha Gabra.
1: Under the Tartan Sky is a production of Glenn L. Moyer Creative Communications. For show notes and more information on this and all Under the Tartan Sky episodes, please visit our website at www.underthetartansky.scot. Have an idea for a future episode? we we'll get in touch via email at info at Visit and like our page on Facebook and follow us on
0: Twitter, where our username is at underscore tartansky. That's the underscore symbol Tartan Sky. And thank you for listening.